2001, today, 2001, my wife, Julie, and I, we were in Belarus, Russia, uh, not Russia, but Belarus, the country of Belarus. It was a former Soviet country, Soviet-Russian country. And we went there uh, for a short-term mission trip for three months. And that was the first time I ever experienced really taking a copy of the scripture, a copy of the Bible, and giving it to somebody in a language that I couldn't read, but they could. And we've, we spent months going door-to-door in this little village, I can never remember the name of the village, but it was a. But we went there every day, and we went, and uh, you know, I carried my, I carried all of, as much as I could carry in my little green backpack, and we went door to door, knocking on doors, seeing, stopping people in the streets. We had a translator, thank goodness, otherwise they probably would have chased us off. But you know, we uh, can excuse me, can I speak to you? Can I can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, uh, would you do you have, have you do you have a copy of the Word of God and so on? And so that was that was a huge blessing. That, that opened up both of our eyes to the reality of going door to door and sharing the word of God with people, actually putting uh, putting scripture in the hands of people. I like that. And then when we were in Zambia for three years, uh, we did it a lot. We ministered uh, all over the country and we had John and Romans. We had tracts. We had New Testaments. We had whole Bibles. And we were constantly distributing them out every place we went. And it always occurred to me, or you know, it's like, where do these things come? Where do these John and Romans come from? Where do, where does, um, where does the Bible come from that showed up in our in our ministry that we could distribute it to somebody that didn't have one? And you know, I didn't really spend a whole lot of time thinking about it. I just did it. But uh, we we came here in two thousand eight. We le- we left the field. We came here in two thousand eight to Heartland, and. Uh, and then I, I got a chance to go to a, a pastor's retreat conference. I think it was called a Pastor's Delight up in Tacoma, Washington, Faith Baptist Church. And uh, I went up there, and I think God was working all through these things, uh, giving us the opportunity to distribute the Word of God and laying a question on my heart that I never had an answer to. And I, this church was this church just completely uh, rocked my world because they are doing what we were doing. I had never seen that. I mean, I went to a church the church that I got saved at and trained at, they did once a year conferences like this, and they would do a, a, a week a, a project once a year. That church in Tacoma was doing it every week. And I'm like, that's awesome. I mean, it totally blew me away. And I came back, and I, I just uh, I implored the leadership of this church, our pastor, and I said, we've got to do a Bible conference. We need to do a Bible conference. So he said, okay, 2010, we'll do a Bible conference. So he would. He said it yes because I wouldn't leave him alone. Um, but uh, mainly is like is he saw the he saw the vision, you know. Because now I'm on both sides. I I see churches are the are the product of or the producers of the Bibles that went to me that I could distribute to other people in in Zambia and Belarus and other places. I was like, we need to be able to do that. So it grew. We did the first conference in 2010. We did English Bibles and New Testaments both, and it just kind of grew from there, and, and it grew in the hearts of this church. It grew in the uh, DNA of this church. It changed our church by doing this, and uh, so we so for several years, we would borrow the equipment from, from Kansas City Baptist Temple, and you know they would be so gracious as to loan us the equipment, and we'd use it. 
send it back. I always send it back with this caveat. If you ever want to get rid of the machines, let us know. I'd like the first right of refusal because I can't pay for them, but I'd like to know that they're gone. And finally, after several years, they sent us a letter and says, don't send them back. Keep the machines. So they donated those machines to us. And that was an incredibly amazing thing that they that they did that, and it's his, and from ever since God has just blossomed this ministry and blossomed this church as a result of that, and so we did several different conferences, and then uh, we ended up that it wasn't our plan to build a, an armory, that wasn't in the plan. The plan was to build a storage facility for all of the ministries of this church, and and then God just kept creeping in and saying, not to me, but to the other leaders of the church, let that be a Bible assembly building. And and it has, and so we've had the first 16 feet of the of the building. Then we got the first 32 feet. Now we have the first 60. What is that? Eight 16 is a 48 feet now. And so eventually, I'm warning you, we're going to take that whole building. Praise the Lord to do that because we're we're gonna we're gonna keep making more Bibles. But you know this uh just like everything, there's always an enemy. They're trying to stop what we're doing. Uh, and sometimes he, he makes you, you know, tired, he makes you worn out, he makes you uh, not be able to fund the projects that we're trying to fund and do the things we're trying to do. Um, but uh, uh, one thing that we need to do all the time is pray and continually putting our hands to the work and getting it done. Uh, we developed a partnership with Bearing Precious Seed. Uh, myself and Terry uh, Ogle went to visit them early on and say we know we know what we want to do can you help us and what a gracious ministry they they are to to say we'll help you out and in, in whatever way we can and they they have always done that they you know they uh they've sent us materials they've counseled us they've prayed with us they've helped us in every way and it's been a blessing and a partnership that we have that we're going to continue going and i'm thankful for that because if it wasn't for them we wouldn't have signatures to put together anyway. I mean, we don't print them. We call ourselves a printing, you know, publishing ministry, but we publish, we don't print. Uh, you know, we can print a few things and put them on the inside inside of the Bible, but we don't do the Bibles yet. Probably won't ever for a long time. There's no reason to compete with somebody that's got their word down and doing a, doing a good job. But it's a po- the most thing is, is that God has blessed this ministry. We've grown from it, and we've accomplished great things. And I'm thankful for every one of you for being a part of this who desire to want us to put the word of God in the hands of the world because that's what we're trying to do. I think uh, Bob's going to come up and give you some some updates on how we did today. So come on up, Bob. All right. So I'm on the schedule to give an update. So I just want to tell you dinner was excellent. So by the time I got out of the building, everybody was out there, and the line was so long, so I did what I've always wanted to do. I went straight to the dessert side, and it was good. So uh, those strawberry brownies I had, Jim, uh, I'll let her know, but they were good. So, But seriously, what we've done so far, we've got about 1,400 uh, New Testaments bound and here in the hallway getting ready to go out in the back to the trimmer. Uh, our trimmer, we wanted to work on it a little bit more before we started uh, trimming them up to get a little nicer cut. So we're going to probably start in the morning with that. And so 1,400 bound, we've got about 7,000 New Testaments in the works, from the collating to the rolling to the checking to the binding. So we're well into this project, 
and it's going well. None of the binders have went down yet, so continue to pray for that. But thank you for all your participation, and tomorrow morning we'll start at 8 o'clock, and we'll do this thing all over again. But things are, are, are rolling, and once we get everything in full swing here tomorrow, uh, it'll go fast, guys. So, so I just want to announce child care. For those of you who have small children, we'll have every night, we'll have uh, uh, child care for uh, children from walking age to three years old in the Sunbeams class. And then for the nursery, it will be open, but it will not be staffed. So if you have neighbors and friends and people that are not here tonight, invite them back again tomorrow and tomorrow night. And uh, we'll just continue on having a good a good uh, Bible conference. And so I don't know about you, but I saw that video this morning, and it just reminded me again why we do Bibles. We do Bibles because we have a Bible that others don't. And so how important that is to take the Word of God and to give it to someone who doesn't have it, Christ will save So, uh, you know, this is a great week. I live for this week. It seems like it's Bible conference almost every week. We're going to eventually be in Psalm 78. You can find that, but I'm going to do a few things here first. Um, in Psalm 126 and verse 3, it said, The Lord hath done great things for us. It is. There's one right there. <laughs> Thank you. Psalm 126.3, The Lord hath done great things for us, wherever we're glad. Um, my task tonight, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the, the history I've been involved with at Bearing Precious Seed. Now, we, we mentioned it started in 1973. Uh, when it started, I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, I had one goal that was to line up across from a guy, and when they said hike, just knock him down. I mean, it's pretty easy. Um, I went away to college and came home, and I'd, I'd been to Georgetown, Kentucky to play uh, football. I, I went to college, but I went to play football. Went to UC and was taking business administration, and a man stopped by the church and invited me to go to Mexico. And his name was Carlos Demerst. And I said, well, I just started a job. I probably couldn't get off work. He said, would you ask him? I said, yeah, I'll ask him. Pastor, I went in and I walked up to my boss and I said, uh, there's no possible way I could get two weeks off and go on a missions trip, is there? That was how I asked him. He looked at me and said, sure, have a good time. I'd only been there a short time, and I was like, well, that wasn't how that was supposed to go. <clears throat> uh, so I called Carlos, and I said, oh, well, I can go with you to Mexico. He said, great, meet me in Michigan. I live in southern Ohio, and that state up north, way up there, and he said, we're leaving from there in the bus. So drove up there and I walked in the back of the church and I, mean, I remember that vividly I walked in the back of the church I slid in the back row and I looked up toward the front and I thought what am I doing here and I saw this young lady and I said man this would be a great trip if she was going on this trip it's my wife Penny it's Carlos's youngest daughter he would have never invited me if he knew how that was going to turn out <laughs> He told me years later he forgave me because of the grandkids. <laughs> so 
At least I was forgiven. That next year, I went on another, well, a couple trips. I came home and started going to the School of Scriptures that was there at Milford. And I went on a couple trips, and things were a little different when you crossed the border back then. They, uh, there was a lot of turmoil going on in Mexico, and the communists were trying to stop a lot of stuff. And so, you know, we'd loaded this bus down with Scripture. And I had loaded it, so when we pulled up there at the border and they got on the bus and found most of the scripture, they said, uh, you're going to have to unload this. What? So they go back to this storage facility and they start unloading it underneath the bus. And I knew where all the scripture were. They, they didn't. They didn't. <clears throat> I mean, I'd put it under the seats. I'd put it under this bed. I'd put it all these places and they unloaded all the bottom, and we headed back toward the border. Well, I started getting a little nervous because I just didn't tell them where some of this was. And so I went back and laid down on the bed. And the guard gets on, and he's looking around, and he comes back by the bed. And I'm laying there. And he pokes me in the stomach, and I kind of groaned, and I looked at him kind of funny, and he said a few things. I didn't know what he was saying. And uh, he got back to the front and spoke to the missionary. He got off the bus, and on we went. The missionary came back, and he said, uh, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. He said, well, that guard said the fat boy in the back is sick. <laughs> <laughs> I waited until we got past the second checkpoint and told him why I was sick, and they were pretty excited those scripture made it into Mexico. Uh, so that was, you know... That was part of my early history when I got to BPS. And then, uh, well, I wasn't at BPS. I was in the school. When I graduated from the college in 80, we got married in August. We, I graduated in May. We got married in August. And I thought, hey, I graduated from Bible college. I'm going to be full-time. I was full-time at my job. I was full-time working with teenagers at the church. I'm not going to tell you I believe in purgatory, but working with teenagers is pretty close. Uh, anyway, we did that for 13 years as a layman, and, you know, God was preparing me for something I didn't even see coming. When I was 49 years old, I had worked for a Chinese company, a Chinese, a Japanese company making semiconductors. I'd worked for Ford Motor Company. And I worked for a printing company. The pastor called me one Saturday and said, I'd like to talk to you. So I went to his office and he said, I want you to come and be the director at Bearing Precious Seed. I said, what? He said, well, he says, you graduated from the school. You know the process. You know how to deal with all this. He says, you'll, uh, you'll take care of the production and the people and, and what we do. He said, but there's no plan for you to travel. I said, well, shouldn't we pray about this? Honestly, I, I got to the point, I mean, I'd surrendered to do whatever God wanted right where I was at. And I think we all ought to do that. No matter where we are, we need to be doing what God wants us to do. He said, sure, how long do you want to pray about it? It was October. I said, how about till December? 
He said, okay. I thought, wow. Within a week, I knew what I was supposed to tell my pastor. You know what I did? I waited. <laughs> you know why? Well, it's not I didn't want to do it, but I thought maybe he'd change his mind. I could just stay right where I was at. Yeah, I didn't want to do it. And, you know, by all rights, I couldn't do it. You know, if you think, you get to a point where you think you're good enough to deal with the Word of God and handle it and do what we do, you probably ought to step aside. None of us deserve to do that. But he lets us. He lets us. So we're in the same place in December, prayer meeting, deacon's house, New Year's Eve. He came up and he said, what's your answer? Well, I reached in my pocket. I took out a piece of paper, folded in half, and I handed it to him. He took that piece of paper and he stuck it in his pocket. I said, Pastor, aren't you going to look at that? Nope. I knew what I'd say in October. <laughs> That wasn't real fair, was it? <laughs> so, came to BPS. Now, I did no production and been involved in church my whole life and came in and it was different. You know, you work in a factory for 29 years and you come in and you never know what you're going to run into. <laughs> but you had a lot of opportunity to witness. And I come in here, all these guys are saved. Who am I going to talk to about getting saved? The phone rings and it's a salesman. Hey, yeah, come on in. I'll talk to you. I wasn't getting ready to buy anything, but I didn't know if he was saved or not. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of opportunity like that. Most of those guys had grabbed their truck drivers before I could get out there. <clears throat> but, you know, I came and, and I started looking at what was going on at BPS and been there a few months, and the volunteers we have, they're not all young. Uh, one day I went in, and they said, the 80s crew's here. I said, the 80s crew? Yeah, he's 83, he's 89, I'm 82. <laughs> and they're working hard, working hard. We've got one in his 90s now. He works pretty hard, too. But I was impressed today with Ron. What a... What a joy. So anyway, these guys are working at the end of the line. They're sweating. I mean, these, you know, 80-year-olds, and they're sweating, and they're boxing. And I thought, man, I know how to. There's taping machines. You can just slide those boxes in. It won't be so hard. So I called a salesman. He came in to see me, and he said, yeah, those are $4,800 a piece. And you can buy a tape gun for five or six bucks back then, you know. I said, well, get me a used one. He said, oh, you'll never find a used one. He said, but I have a Chinese model. I thought, I bet you do. <laughs> the one I wanted was called a Little David Tape Machine, and I, I knew how they worked. I, you know, they don't stop. So anyway, for about three weeks, I mulled this over. You could get that Chinese one for about half price. And I don't know what kind of warranty you got or anything else, but I called this salesman back, and I said, you know, I'd like to talk to you about that machine. He said, I'm busy, and he hung up on me. I'd fire that salesman if I was his boss. 
He said, I, I'm busy. Well, I was a little bit discouraged. You know, these guys are out here sweating. I'm not wanting a heart attack to happen on the floor for sure. So I go in and I get on my computer and I type in Little David Tape Machine and boom, a picture of one pops up, Round Rock, Texas. And it says you have four hours to bid on eBay. Honestly, I didn't even know what eBay was at that point. I, I'm like, how am I going to do this? Dale Money's office was right next door to mine. I said, Dale, I need your help. He comes in, and I said, you know how to bid on eBay? He says, yeah. I said, good. Let's try to bid on these two machines. He said, well, how much do you want to pay for them? I said, as little as possible. He said, no, you have to have a maximum bid. I said, yeah, as little as possible. He said, no, you've got to tell me. I said, well, they're $4,800 a piece. There's two of them. I said, I'd be willing to go up to $1,000 on them. He goes, okay. Well, he went and did whatever you do when you bid on something on eBay. <laughs> About four hours later, he comes in and says, well, you bought two of them. I said, uh, how much? He said, we got both of them for a total of $210. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's God. That's the first thing I got to be involved with when I got there that God pretty much gave us. The cool thing was the next day my phone rings and it's a salesman. <laughs> he says, I'm ready to talk to you about those machines. I said, I ah, forget it. God gave us two of them. And he goes, what? I said, yeah, he gave us two of them yesterday, used ones. You said we couldn't find a used one. But God knows where they are. <laughs> that was exciting to me. And then we had a Kamori press in the back, and it, it was a two-color press. You guys are involved with putting covers on material. The four-color stuff looks pretty nice, doesn't it? When you do two-color, if you want a four-color, you've got to take the two-color off and restack it and change out the ink and put it back in and run it through again. That's not real efficient. And so I said, man, we really need to get a four-color machine. So we found one that was for sale. Sam Cottle went to look at it. And they wanted twenty-five or 30000 for it back then. Sam asked him if they'd take twenty, and the guy got upset with him. But he took twenty-one. <clears throat> We sold the Kamori for that much, so pretty much a swap. Okay, so that was that was exciting. And then, you know, how you used to shoot film and do all that for... I'm going somewhere with all this, so don't be bored. <laughs> uh, you used to shoot film, and it took a big process to do all that. Well, the place I'd worked before, I'd saw them install the computer-to-plate system. And I said, we need one of those. I talked to Fellowship Track League, and they said, oh, we just bought one. We only gave 54000 for it. 54000 I said, can I come over and see it? They said, sure. So I go over there. Now, what I'm thinking, a computer-to-plate system, it was probably, it would take up the space of that board in a cube, okay, about that big. So I go into Fellowship Track League, and they said, there it is. And it was this thing sitting on top of a table, and it was running a plate through it, like a, a copier. 
that's not what I need. So I thought, well, keep looking. I was on a plane. I was coming back from out west somewhere. The guy sits down beside me. And, you know, when you get on a plane, it's they're not going anywhere. <clears throat> you hope. <laughs> so he sits down beside me. I, and I usually try to ask people that if I'm by myself, I ask them, where are you from? If they look at you and say, I don't know, <laughs> move. <laughs> but you know, I ask them that or ask them what they do for a living. Well, this fellow was sitting next to me. He's an Asian fellow and reading a book. It was about a three-hour flight. So I said, hey, uh, what do you do for a living? And he looked at me, didn't say a word, and he went back to his book. But that was rude. <clears throat> Maybe I was rude for asking while I was reading, but about a half hour, he closes his book. He says, I'm in advertising. What do you do? I like asking that question because they always ask you what you do, and it opens the doors for the whole conversation about the Bible. Well, since he hadn't talked to me for a half hour, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I said, <clears throat> We print Bibles and send them all over the world. And the fellow got a look on his face, and he said, really? He said, you know, I was adopted. Dad was a missionary. Is there anything I can do for you? I said, well, maybe. <laughs> I said, uh, you know anything about computer-to-plate systems? Don't know a thing about them, but I know people that do. So he takes us down to Berman Printing in Cincinnati. He hooks it all up. We go down and spend a day. You know what I learned that day? That computer-to-plate system that we needed, exactly what we needed, cost $210,000. We've been saving for five years, and we had About a week later, the guy that went down there with me, he said, I uh, found one out in St. Louis. Found what? And he said, a computer-to-plate system. I said, man, I can't go look at it and let me know what you find out. So he drove to St. Louis. He calls me and said, uh, they said they'd sell it to us for $36,000. Really? I said, yeah. I said, well, find out all you can about it and tell them we want it. So he did, and we bought it. It came in, and the installer said, Al, where did you guys get a brand-new Agfa machine? I said, oh, it's an 07. It's not brand-new. He said, they never turned this thing on. It was the Pentecostal publishing house that went out of business. <clears throat> so we have a Pentecostal computer-to-plate system. <laughs> you know, that's just God supplying all of this stuff, and... And, you know, it, 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 you can tell how much less the prices are. I like to go out to lunch, so whenever I get an opportunity, I, I do that. Fellowship Track League was having a meeting with a guy from Diddy, which is a uh, press guy. And so I said, well, can I go to lunch with you guys and talk to him? Yeah, you can go. So we get there, and we're talking, and... I said, hey, can you find us a four-color Diddy machine so we can do covers quicker, four-color? 
He said, well, I might be able to. And Fellowship Track League speaks up and said, well, don't sell him the one we're, you're holding for us. I said, sell it? I said, I want you to give me one. Well, you might as well ask. <laughs> he laughed, and we went on. But the next week, he called me. And he says, uh, I can't give it to you. He said, but it's up in Cleveland. He said, they barely use this machine. He said, they made forms on it for an insurance company. If you can buy it for $5,000. The one they were holding for Fellowship Track League was 40-something, I think. I said, okay, we'll take it. He said, well, don't you want to see it? I said, you just told me it was a good machine, didn't you? I said, I don't need to see it. You're going to install it for us. <laughs> when he was installing it, he's standing there looking. He goes, I don't know why I did this. He said, I could have sold that one part right there for $10,000. I said, I know why you did it. <clears throat> But, you know, I can do this all night if you'd like, but a uh, fellow wanted to sell us a hardback binder, and he told me, he said, uh, if you'll print for me, I'll sell it to you for $77,000. I said, well, I'm not going to print for you because that's not what we do. Our ministry supplies scripture for missionaries. And He said, yeah, but he says, I could sell these Bibles. I said, no, we're not doing that. You're going to love this. I said, no, we don't have $77,000. It was about a year later. A guy in Nashville said, hey, I've got a hardback binder. You might be interested in it. So I went down to see it. About a five-hour trip. <clears throat> I get to this warehouse, and he says, well, we're going to go to a factory so you can see one running. So he took me to see one running. Come back to his shop. And I see the guy's name on it that's wanting to sell it to me for $77,000. I said, where do you get this? He said, well, I'm just storing it for him. I said, what's he want for it? $77,000. I drove home. You know, five hours is a long time to think about something and wasting 10 hours going down there, right? The next morning, my phone rings. And it's Mr. Wilkes, the guy that owns that. Al, I really want you guys to have this binder. Mr. Wilkes, how bad do you want us to have it? He said, well, if you'll give us $15,000, we'll ship it all up there. Took two semis to bring that equipment up. I have no idea what the shipping bill was. I'm thinking it was probably about that much. And we've got a hardback binder that came from a seven-day Adventist. <laughs> so... <laughs> They weren't, using it. they weren't using it, so we might as well. We had a compressor, a big compressor that runs our air. This has all happened in the last 10 years, basically. It quit working, so salesman came in. He's writing up a quote. Nathan Pinnell, who runs our binder, he said, uh, he said, hey, you guys ever give these away? And the salesman laughs and goes, oh, that's way above my pay grade. He said, well, ask the guy above your pay grade. The owner of the company called and says, hey, this, uh, this is a $12,000 machine, a screw-type compressor. So I hear you want us to give it to you. It would be nice. 
So I'll tell you what we do. We're not going to give it to you, but if you'll give us three Bibles and take our picture beside your press, we're going to give it to you. I'd have gave him four Bibles. I really would. <laughs> you know, God continues to supply. It's his word as for his glory. That five or four color press that we bought years before, it was old and it ran well, but we were starting to have a hard time getting parts. So we started looking for another press. Well, we found a five color press with a coder. And that's pretty big upgrade from what we had. So we called about it. It was up in Milwaukee. It was a business, so don't be thinking, now which denomination did this come from? <laughs> so Jerry and I were supposed to go look at it. And online, they said they would take $30,000 for it, which was a pretty good deal. And something came up. I was going to have to go someplace else. I said, Jerry, you're going to have to go do this by yourself. He goes, I'm not a negotiator. I said, oh, it's easy. Just get it cheap as you can get it. <laughs> I don't know anything about negotiating either. But So Jerry goes up there, and the guy fires it up, shows him it runs, runs well. And uh, the guy said, I want 30000 for it. Jerry said, would you take five? <laughs> and the guy got a little bit upset and said, I, I can scrap it for five. He said, yeah, but we're printing Bibles and we really need it. The guy stood there and said, well, I'll take ten. Our non-negotiating pressman said, would you take eight? <clears throat> <laughs> he bought that press for $8,000. Now, you know, none of us have the ability to do what I'm telling you. This is all God doing it. He's doing all of it. It's exciting to me how he continues to do that. You know, we had, I don't know how many years ago now, it's probably 10. We had an old Xerox machine that we, they had bought it. It just wasn't, wasn't doing what it should do and expensive to work on. And I knew very little about leasing anything. But I thought, well, we started figuring it out. If we lease this machine for five years, you know, they run out of, in five years, they're upgrading them anyway. So we figured it out, and we were going to be ahead doing that because all the maintenance is included. And, and then I remembered there was a girl in our youth group that had married a guy that worked for Kamori. Call him up. Yeah, I think I can help you. And he did. Our lease was pretty small, and the click count was about half what it should have been. So he got it signed off by one of the presidents. Kind of went around his boss. So we ran that machine for five years, and then we renegotiated another contract, and then COVID hit. Well, you can imagine what that was like trying to negotiate a contract in COVID. But one of the guys they laid, had laid off during COVID. We went to work for a competitor. He called me and said, Al, how would you like to get a five-year lease less than your last one with a better machine at a lower click count? So let's talk. <laughs> and that happened. Uh, it was a different company, but it was an upgrade on the machine. Tim has done over a million covers on that machine 
in one year. So, you know, again, it's, it's God doing all this because we, we, there's no way we could orchestrate this. I talked about the new press and what we got that for. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to what he's going to do about a new binder because that's going to happen. It's going to happen. And he just keeps supplying for the need. And, you know, I, I'm looking forward to what he does for you guys. I'm looking forward to what he does as far as the partnership and going forward to do more for him. Because it is all about him and his word. It's not about us. You know, sometimes we look at the issues, but God handles the solution. Duties are ours. These events are God's. You know, we've got duties that we need to do. We need to take care of what he gives us. Be good stewards of what he has us do. The growth is the expansion of the same thing we've been doing. It just continues to grow. I believe we'll wind up somewhere around 13 million scripture this year. I'm excited about that. It may, be, it may not end up being more. It could be less. But I, I believe that we're doing what God wants us to do, and he keeps supplying. I could go into some stories about paper. You know, one thing's common all through scripture and all through history. The devil doesn't like the word of God. There's a tax. But I think we need to stay focused on him, his word. And he'll do that. Go to Psalm chapter 78. We're going to look at the scripture for just a minute. If you have any questions about any of the ministry or anything after service, I'll be happy to answer those and uh, do my best to uh, bring you up to date more on some things if you'd like that. I want to talk about limits. Limits. Um, we're all limited in some ways. If I picked out two people in here and said, let's go run the high hurdles. <clears throat> Me and Randy, we're gonna go run, we're gonna run a high hurdle. <clears throat> We'd both be pretty limited, but he'd probably win. I, I could there's no way I could do that. There's limits. Have you ever had a limited time offer? Yeah. Certain salesmen, they'll give you one every time you go talk to them. <clears throat> this is limited now. You need to do it today. Then he doesn't remember you, but you go back three days later and say, now this is limited. It, okay. I was looking at some baseball cards with my grandson a little while back. Pack had never been opened, you know. He opens it and goes, oh, Papa, look, there's a coupon in here. We can get some hot dogs. It expired in 2002, I think, you know. But, you know, there's limited time on those things. Many times my wife will go in and she says, I have this coupon. It doesn't work in this department. <clears throat> Ever been there and done that? Some things are limited. We're limited by our abilities and talents, and we put limits on our kids, and uh, I'm not sure that Missouri has speed limits. Uh, they might. They got signs. <clears throat> but I was following somebody trying to keep up today, and I'm just kidding. 
But you know, there's limits in there. But sometimes we're the limit. Sometimes we limit things. Let's turn to chapter 78. I'm going to ask you a question before we start. Can God be limited? No? That's the quick answer. God can't be limited. He's limitless. Let's read our scripture. Psalm 78, drop down to verse 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. Drop down to 56. Yet they tempted and provoked the Most High God, and kept not his testimony. They turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers, that turned aside like a deceitful bow. They provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the word of God. Lord, we thank you for the testimony of what you've done and how you continue to bless the ministry. And Lord, we look forward to what you'll do next and uh, what that'll entail. And Lord, most of all, that souls will be saved around the world. Thank you for the opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, sometimes... I agree, God can't be limited, but sometimes we limit God as what he can do through us. Sometimes we limit him with our availability. Are we available? We limit his glory being shown by not sharing him with others. It's all for his glory. We limit God by not being in the right place, turning back. That's what these folks did. They limited the Holy One of Israel. He wanted to do more with them. I believe he wants to do more with us. He wants to do more with our ministry. He wants to do more with his word. But many times we limit him. We limit him by our belief sometimes. Can he do it? Well, he can do anything. He can supply anything. I gave you some examples of equipment and, and things that he's done there in the shop, and I could do that again. I could go back and give you another list that long of people that have come in and they've donated. People that have come in and they said, hey, I'm going to give you these funds, and they'll be matching funds for paper. I'll tell you about a church that gave us enough paper to buy, uh, I think it was five truckloads of paper. There's 35 people in that church. Had money left over from a building program. How does that happen? God does it. And you know, early on, I told Pastor, I said, I, I, I feel bad when I get surprised and look what God did. Wow. Well, God can do anything. I don't want to take that for granted, but God can do anything. Why should I be surprised when He does it? I still like that feeling when it happens and it's like, wow, God did this. God did this. We limit God by, we limit him, what he can do through us by our decisions and our doubts. 
Do you ever have doubts sometimes? Yeah. We doubt other people, their intentions. We doubt he can supply. He can do anything. Sometimes we limit him when we doubt that. We limit him with our energy, our efforts. Limit him with our future, our faith. How much do you limit God in your life? Now, I, you know, God can't be limited, but we can limit what he does through us because of us. Have you ever totally just surrendered to whatever he wanted? Sometimes we're limiting by not helping others. Our insecurities. Jealousy, that's a big one. Kindness. Our love for others. We limit him sometimes with our minds. Where do we let our mind go? I joke around a lot. But sometimes we let our minds go places it shouldn't go. We have thoughts we shouldn't have. We limit what God can do through us. Negativity. You ever been negative about something and realize, man, I shouldn't have been that negative about that? That'll never work. Well, God's in it, it's going to work. Opportunities. Do we take advantage of opportunities or do we limit God with that? Our priorities. You set priorities and then not keep them. Priority ought to be him, his word, his work. How about your quiet time? You ever have a bad response to something that limits God? By the way, we're almost done with my list. We're going down through the alphabet in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> Told you this morning I'm pretty simple. Our responsibilities, our responses. Selfishness. There's that T word again, testimony. We limit God with our testimony. Had a conversation with a man after church this morning, and we were talking about testimony at work. And, uh, that's where it shows sometimes. Where it shows. I like to play football, and you know that it can show out there on that football field if you're not careful. Don't lose your testimony. I mean, you can break the guy's arm, but don't lose your testimony. <laughs> I'm kidding again. <clears throat> our unbelief, our values, our voice, our witness. Do we limit God with the way we witness? It got quiet in here. But you know, we can limit God, what he does through us, by not listening to him. Now, God's going to do whatever he's going to do, 
We're going to stand before him one day. That will help you. Keep that in mind. We're going to stand before the same holy God. We're going to give an account. Have we limited him? I got to X and it was like, oh boy. You know, X was the first letter in the Greek for Christ. Sometimes I think we limit it by not having Christ where he ought to be right in our life. Yielding to Jesus and our zeal. How zealous are you for Christ? How zealous are you for the things of Christ? Now, our history is exciting when you start talking about how it started at BPS and where we are now, but Again, God's done all this. We get in the way and it slows down sometimes. But you know, I'm excited about what God has in the future here for you guys. Watching what you're doing today and looking at these numbers and what is possible, how much are we going to limit God? Now, it takes effort, it takes work, it takes finances. But you know what I've learned in the last 16 years at Bearing Precious Seed? <laughs> it's all his. I couldn't go and find some of this stuff that God's done. There's no way. The expansion of Seed Line and what's happened with that through the years, it's just incredible. But again, God's blessing it and it's his word. Sometimes we just need to stay out of the way and let him do his work. I'm not saying, well, don't come in and help. That's not what I'm saying at all. We need to be available. We need to do the things we just went through the list. But how are you doing as far as limiting God in your life? Some people you can't get close to. They won't let you. I look at that as a challenge sometimes. Pray for my neighbor. We've been working on him for a couple years. He's a first responder. Life's in danger every time he goes to work. He's trusting in something that he's trusting in religion. Pray for him. My doorbell went off. Good neighbor. Great neighbor. Went off last night. That ring thing. So I went on there and there's Mike out mowing my front yard. Excited about that, but I'd be more excited about him accepting Christ. Continue to pray for him. How much are you limiting God? Most of all, if you're not saved, you're limiting by not accepting the gift that he has for you. You're limiting what he can do for eternity for you by not accepting him. Can't do that for you. Pastor can't do that for you. But you know if you're saved or not. If you're not saved, you're limiting what he can do, but you're also limiting your eternity to hell. I mean, you don't have hope. Tonight, can we limit God? 
can't limit God, but we can limit what he does through our lives, what he does through our ministries, what he does for others through us. Don't limit God tonight. Israel limited God by turning back and not doing what he wanted. Looking back is not the way to go. If you look back, you're going to get real depressed and start looking far enough. Man, I messed that Oh, I messed that up too. Don't live in the past. What you've already done in the past is over. Go forward for God. Don't limit what he can do for your life, through your life. Let's bow our heads. Amen. As we continue in an attitude of prayer and just meditation, let's think about what we've heard. And I love that passage there in, um, in Psalm chapter 70, 78. Uh, it says there, verse 41, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. I think all of us here tonight know that day, that moment in time when we know that we were delivered from the hand of the enemy, or and it was done by that right hand, the Lord Jesus Christ. He delivered us on that day. So we certainly should forget those things that are behind and press forward toward the mark, but some need to make sure that they've been delivered by the right hand of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight, I just want to make sure everyone here is uh, rem reminded of that. Uh, it's a Sunday night. I'm sure a lot of us here are born again. Maybe they're watching online, but if you're here and you're watching online, and you've never uh, been saved, you want to make sure that that is what happens. By the word of God, we're born again. And uh, you, I just want to open it up once again. If you need to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we are here to help you. We'll take the Bible and show you how you can know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, with heads bowed and eyes closed, just briefly, I want to make that offer once again. Is there anybody here that say, Brian, I'm not saved. I, I came here somehow on a Sunday night at Bible conference, and I know tonight, you know, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think I've even taken advantage of that opportunity. I've limited the Holy One of Israel. I am not born again. Man, revelation, that is something you need to deal with now. Uh, the religion isn't going to save us, just like we're, we're talking about uh, Brother Al's neighbor, right? Religion's not going to save us, only Jesus Christ. And so if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, we want to make sure you're saved. Anybody say, Brian, that's me. I need to be born again. I need to be saved. All right, I don't see any hands going up and... And uh, I don't expect a whole lot of us to probably, if you're here tonight putting Bibles together, we probably are born again. And so let's just praise the Lord for the, that day that God saved us and remember that he, is, that he has saved us for a reason. He doesn't want us to limit him in what he's trying to do and accomplish through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity tonight to hear from Brother Al. I thank you for just um, remembering the incredible things that you have done in the ministry of bearing precious seed thank you for the testimony we've heard thank you for uh, the needs that you allow in our life so that we can trust you by faith lord as uh, brother al just said it's not ours it's yours it's not our ability it's your ability and lord we know that you want to get the word of god to the world and uh, when you sent your son the lord jesus christ the word of god it was difficult lord he was manifest in the flesh and lord he was rejected by his own as he came to his own his own received him not it was difficult Lord, he, he came to uh, set the captives free, and yet he was crucified. And yet, Lord, you took all those things, Romans eight twenty eight tells us, and, Lord, you worked them out for good because, Lord, uh, you are what love is. Lord, we're so thankful for loving us, sending your son. We're thankful that Jesus Christ obeyed your will 
and went to the cross and rose again on the third day and is alive right now. And as we sing this, uh, this afternoon, this evening from uh, Psalm 34, Lord, you do give us the victory. We cry out to you. We know uh, that <coughs> what we think are big needs, uh, as we've just heard tonight, are really small, Lord. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. You know every detail. You're just waiting for us to believe and trust you. Uh, Lord, and you can do over and above what we could ask or even thank. Lord, you have proven that in our lives over and over again, starting with that day that we were delivered by your right hand. Help us to remember that incredible deliverance, that incredible power, Lord, that you possess. Uh, And Lord, help us to leverage our life for your cause, Lord, which is to get the word of God where it needs to go on time. The written word, the spoken word, uh, the living word, Lord, needs to be in every heart and every man and every nation, every people group, and every neighbor that we have, every relative that we have. Help us to go back to that heart that we heard about this morning and uh, just, Lord, have a heart to take the message of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere it needs to go on time. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would remember the history uh, that you have already done in our life from the first day till now. As Paul rejoiced to the Philippians, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful uh, that you are doing this great work from the first day till now. We look forward to what you're going to do, Lord. Even tonight as we break up and get ready to go and uh, and assemble more Bibles, Lord, as we do that, help us to do that with hope. Help us to do that with fervency. Help us to do that knowing that there are no limits to where these signatures are going to go. Help us to remember to pray over each and every one and to pray for those souls that they represent, Lord. Lord, stir us up in our pure mind, Lord. Help us to, to set aside everything that would hinder us from the mission that you've given. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege and the opportunity to serve you tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before I turn it over for a final update, uh, thank you, Brother Al. Thanks for coming and charging us. And uh, I just want to, again, remind you, <clears throat> as Randy was just pointing out the history of, uh, of the ministry, God's doing a good work, and we're excited about how he's doing that through the fellowship of believers and the projects. You'll hear more about that throughout the week. And so make sure you do make it to the, the preaching times. Make sure you invite people out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good things going out each night. We're going to highlight also a translation project starting tomorrow night and uh, the things that God's allowed us to be partners with. It's exciting, and you're going to want to be here to hear about that, as well as, uh, as obviously, we're trusting God to provide a new trimmer. And I think, Pastor Randy, you're going to have to start calling up, you know, Springfield's loaded with denominations. I mean, you know, start right here in Missouri, and we'll just work our way out, and uh, and perhaps uh, God will provide something uh, over and above what we could ask or think. Man, that was that was good, brother. So appreciate that testimony. And uh, these are true stories too, how God provides. It's amazing. And so I want to thank all the Word First Bible Publishing team. I know it's not Wednesday night yet, but just thank you all for coming uh, from all over the place. And uh, I was just walking around visiting with folks, and I know many of them have gone home. But uh, I just wanted to thank our guests that are here. I neglected to do that this morning. Um, And so uh, I made a list, and now I'm not finding it. So uh, what did I do with that? You ever have a panic attack? That's what I'm doing right now. Not really. (coughs) Here we go. I think I found it. So there we go. I'm on track, too. I haven't even got off. If I wouldn't have said anything, you wouldn't know. Uh, So uh, Word First. Thank you, Word First team. uh, because Word First team, just for those of you that don't know, Heartland folks, we think of Word First as HBF, uh, but it is much broader than that. So uh, I see Carl here and, and Winnie and everybody that's come from all over, all the sister churches, and, uh, and uh, we just appreciate everybody from Word First that has pitched in and got things up and going, and we look forward uh, to finishing strong this year. We also, um, <coughs> I just want you to remember, there's someone that's not here, and that's Terry Ogle, right? So Terry Ogle is normally 
uh, hands-on, right? Where's he at tonight? Well, he's in the Philippines, right? He's delivering Alongo Bibles to the Philippines and working with Sandy and the other pastors down there doing that. So be in prayer. And by the way, Bring Precious Seeds had a big part in that as well. So we praise the Lord for that and uh, appreciate uh, all of that. So keep Terry and Anita in your prayer as they are right now on the ground actively preaching and delivering the Word of God both verbally and uh, in, and uh, literally. And some of those Bibles have been produced uh, through uh, uh, Word First uh, and also the team up in Richmond and also um, uh, Bearing Precious Seeds had a big hand in that as well, both with the signatures and the shipping. And so we praise God for that partnership. Uh, and so we'll look forward to that and uh, <coughs> and just be praying for him. Also, I just want to thank um, Har- Harvest Baptist from uh, Iola, man, Tony and Tara, you guys brought a team. And so all the folks that came, I know some of them probably went back already, but we appreciate your investment. You guys are going to want to be here. Tony's speaking Wednesday morning or Wednesday at lunch and Wednesday night. You're going to you want to be here to hear Tony preach. And uh, <coughs> and so he's going to he's going to anchor this thing and bring it home for us Wednesday night. So we're looking forward to hearing you preach, brother. But more importantly, or as importantly, I mean, that's that's pretty important. But as importantly, we just we love your friendship and your fellowship and love your church. And it's just awesome to see what God's doing at Harvest. They got in their new building and and uh, they, they could tell you stories, too, just how God provides, how God provides. And and so I just appreciate what God's doing in Iola, sister church, uh, kind of like us. They're not in a cor- they're not in a cow field, but they're kind of kind of in a cow town and, and uh, just like us. And so we praise the Lord uh, for what God's doing in these, uh, in the, even in the small churches, right? And so that's a beautiful thing. Uh, also, Midtown Baptist. I'm walking around, and I know Mitch had a crew, and then I saw Chris Best in a crew. So I appreciate Midtown. I appreciate the Adult Bible Fellowships taking ownership. Uh, uh, this brother here is uh, from Midtown, and, and uh, of course, Midtown's an incredible partner in ministry. And uh, they have, of course, the Living Faith Fellowship. A lot of the vision for that came from Pastor Miles and, and of course, LFBI. And all the things that they're doing, we're excited about uh, them. And so, uh, man, HBF, when the mission focus comes around, we got to make sure we, we get behind that and encourage that. That'll be a good time. So uh, be make sure you, you love up on those that are coming from our uh, sister churches in the metro area. Harvest Blue Springs has a lot of, I mean, Carl's here. we got representatives from Harvest Baptist, and <coughs> I know they're glad that we moved the conference back. Brother, you got to thank Al for that and uh, what's going on at Milford. So, that worked out good, brother. That was divine. So uh, the, I know Carl's big on, uh, on in the men's uh, conference at Blue Springs, and so we're glad that we gave him a little bit of breathing room before uh, their men's conference this year. And uh, earlier today, <coughs> uh, uh, Dale Money, <coughs> man, he drove in, um, and he came in and brought a, uh, a whole, literally a truckload of supplies for us to get this conference off and going. I appreciate Brother Dale Money. Uh, he is going to be with us, uh, obviously, this week. He'll be preaching Tuesday night. You're going to want to be here to see and hear from Dale, and you'll be seeing him around throughout the week. So we appreciate Brother Dale coming and being a part of the ministry and all that he's doing around the world. He's a, He heads up First Bible International, which is a ministry also bearing precious seed. And uh, Dr. Keene, who obviously founded Bearing Precious Seed many years ago, also founded uh, First Bible, I believe. And, then, and so uh, really both of these men are inheriting uh, the ministry of Dr. Keene, and, and I do I do appreciate what Al was saying. He he brought up something uh, which I didn't necessarily hear tonight, but under the ministry of the the current pastor, soon to be emeritus, uh, Pastor Dutry, the ministry has just blown up really well beyond even what um, you know it did under Pastor Keene, which was prolific. And so uh, with each generation of disciples, God just continues to multiply 
and multiply. So it's exciting to see what God's doing in your all's church and in the ministry and what God's going to do in the days ahead as Pastor Barclay takes on uh, the, the mantle of Pastor Dutry. So now they're three generations deep in this ministry, and it's exciting to see that. And so uh, praise God for that. I, uh, tomorrow, speaking of relationships, we're going to have Pastor um, Brad Nelson here uh, tomorrow night, so you're going to want to uh, come for that. Tomorrow morning will be Pastor Ray Stewart, uh, who also partners. We assemble Bibles for Jackson County Jail, and, uh, and Ray is the chaplain for that. Uh, and so he's also active with the ministry in Malawi with Kalira Chabwana. You'll be hearing a little bit about uh, the Chichewa Translation Project. By God's grace, uh, one of these years soon, maybe next year, maybe the following year, we'll be back to assembling Chichewa. But it won't just be, hopefully it won't, ju- it, well, it won't be just New Testaments. They'll have the whole Bible ready to go. So we're, gonna, we're praying about that. So be praying about that whole project. You're going to hear from Ray tomorrow at the Lunch and Learn. He's got a heart for for uh, for the word of God, he's got a heart for uh, getting the word of God, especially to those pastors and those folks in uh, working with Palira Chabwana in Malawi, Africa. So you'll want to hear that. Also, be here for Brad Nelson as they uh, are good partners and help again partnering with Bearing Precious Seed as well. Transportation is a big project. They're helping with the Alongo translation, and so it's exciting to have partnerships uh, in local churches. And it really produces fellowship. When you look at the Philadelphian church age in Revelation chapter 3, God opened doors because they partnered, right? And, and what he did is he set a door that no man could shut. And so we know, well, it's the it's church of Laodicea and, and the rights of the people and all of those uh, condemnations that come upon that church are real. But the reality is we got to get back to the word, get back to doing what the word of God says. We can't limit the Holy One of Israel. And so we need to make sure we're trusting God and we're working because this together, because this this burden of getting the word where it needs to go on time. The, the, the spoken word is huge. The written word is huge. Getting the word where it needs to go is it's a big project and not one local church can do it. We need as many like minded uh, Bible loving local New Testament churches as possible <coughs> and as many um, other denominations and cults that are going out of business to give us their equipment as possible <laughs> so that we can accomplish the mission in God's power for his glory. So praise God for that, <coughs> and uh, and we know that God can do above and beyond what we could ask or think. And so, um, as you know, Bearing Precious Seed has been so gracious to us. They're producing so much scripture. They need, they need local churches that have the ability uh, to help them finish the process of binding and shipping and so we want to be a part of that, and we want to see God do a, have a, an incredible partnership, uh, again, that will continue to bless the peoples of the world. And so I'm excited for all that God is going to do. So tonight, after we're done at 10 o'clock, go home, get some good sleep. Uh, tell your boss, unless you're Brianna or, or Luke, that you can't come in tomorrow, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> as Randy said, and then we'll get to work. So, uh, all right, R- Bob, if you want to come up and give us a wrap-up and get us going, that will be great. a lot we have a lot going on this week so first of all i want to you know uh don't go home yet we still have more to go tonight so if you haven't got work or in minister that you can stay here you can collate you can you can roll you can go back and check you can go over to the binders so we'll work those for a few more hours and then tomorrow morning at eight o'clock start right back up again doing the same thing there will be no breakfast tomorrow so you know, grab something at home and get here and just be ready to start working, and it'll be great. Uh, but we'll have lunch and dinner. That's pretty good. 
two, two meals. I can get by on one, but uh, get two, so that's good. Uh, the Branhams and the, the team that's been doing the meals, want to thank everybody for everything that's come in so far. And they also want to ask if you brought chili today or have uh, a pot of chili or a pot that you brought, make sure you pick that up and get it out of the kitchen tonight. And so um, I'm looking forward for the rest of the week. Also, there's some flyers of a, of a fundraiser for the Hendricksmans, one of our favorite, uh, favorite. I think every one of our missionaries is our favorite missionary. But one of our missionaries is, is that they're having a fundraiser for, so you can pick up some flyers for that out in the, in the foyer. And so we'll just be dismissed and keep, keep getting back to work. So uh, what a great day. And uh, uh, if you have any questions, come and grab me, grab Randy, grab one of the pastors, and we'll try our best to get this done. So we'll just, I'm just going to dismiss everybody, and we can get back to work. Pray us out? Okay. All right, so Father in heaven, we just, again, we thank you for a wonderful day today, uh, just to come to your house and hear your word taught. We just pray that you find us faithful in, in teaching and preaching your word, Lord, so we pray that would continue. We pray that the word of God would continue to go out of this church, out of out of the ministries of this church, out of the ministries of uh, uh, First Baptist of Milford, Lord, bearing precious seeds, and, and, and all of our associates, Lord, that the word of God would go forth and we'd see people saved. We just pray for that. We ask your safety upon us this week and just ask, uh, help us to to realize the, the machinery that we need and get the funding we need for that so we can continue to put your word out. In Christ's name, amen.